What it do, folks? Once again, it's your boy B to the L to the A double K A Blacker. Yes, and I'm here today on this glorious Thursday. Uh, the weather outside where I am, it's clear but cold as fuck. Yes, but aside from that, I just want to say bye bye. Don't cry, Eli. That's right, folks. I'm quite sure y'all didn't hear by now. Eli Manning, the quarterback of the New York Giants, have retired. Now, this question about Eli has been brought up uh, more so at the end of his career and definitely the past 24 hours. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Fame quarterback? Some people say yes. Some people say no. I'm one of the people that's going to say yes for the simple fact the stats don't lie. First and foremost, Eli Manning is a two-time champ and a two-time MVP. Only five other quarterbacks have such feet. His career stats, man, are like 57,000 passing yards. He has 366 touchdowns. On the flip side of that, he do have 244 interceptions. He has a career passer rating of 84.1. Eli threw, threw 30 plus touchdowns three times in this lustrous NFL career. He's thrown double-digit picks in every year, though he's played with the exception of his rookie year and this past season. One thing about Eli, man, looking in his face, you could never tell whether or not he was winning or losing. He always kept the same facial expression no matter what. This guy has never missed a game due to injury. Um... The only knock that I really had on Eli's career is that he was actually drafted by the San Diego Chargers. And I guess because he also has a famous dad and brother. He didn't want to play in San Diego. His father made sure he didn't play in San Diego. And the Giants put and the San Diego Chargers and the New York Giants pulled off a trade <coughs> that draft that sent Eli Manning to New York. And sent Philip Rivers to San Diego. And sometimes I sit back and I wonder to myself, what would have happened had Eli stayed in San Diego and Philip Rivers is in New York? Will it be Philip Rivers with the two rings and Eli Manning just with a career of staying with San Diego, making playoffs and no AFC championships or Super Bowl appearances? I don't know. And I guess we'll never know. But the one thing I do know is that Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. Um, I truly believe that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer as well. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he was never, like, one of the top five quarterbacks that ever played the game. Uh, I do have him in my top 15. Um, he did knock the mighty mighty Tom Brady down twice and he and the Giants disrupted Tom Brady and the New England Patriots uh, unbelievable season where they went undefeated for the regular season but everybody know they lost the Super Bowl they went 18 and 1 that year that same year the Giants had played them the last game of the season and a lot of the sports anchors and broadcasters were like of everybody that played New England that year, the Giants had played them the toughest. So apparently, I guess the Giants had whatever defense to stop a team 
that was on a record-setting pace as far as offense scoring points. But yeah, folks, bye-bye, Eli, don't cry. That's right, Eli Manning has hung up the cliques after Lester's 16-year career in the NFL. And aside for that, did anybody see Iron like a lion in Zion? Man, I'm killing him right now with all of these little raps. Zion Williams made his NBA debut last night. And before he made his debut, I had told my son, I said, he would probably play about mm, maybe 20 minutes. I could see him with a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. And like the first three quarters of that game, I didn't even think he was going to reach five points, to be honest. And then when the fourth quarter came in, came in <clears throat> oh, they unleashed the fucking beast. This guy scored 17 straight points. And he finished the night with 22 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. He was six of eight shooting, and this guy, as big as he is, was also four for four from the free throw line. I was all in favor of Zion not even playing this year because of how much time he had missed. And I know missing a lot of that time, and you come back this season, I knew he wasn't going to get rookie of the year. I still favor John Morant for that. But I'm going to tell you, they have worked on this guy as far as how to land when he's dunking and things of that nature. It seems to me that he's even found a jump shot. Now, this guy, as big as he is, if he continue to hit free throws, if he, if he was to just go, let's say, fuck, 75, 78%, as big as he is, shit, that's a bonus, I'm telling you. A big guy like this with a nice jump shot and can hit from the free throw line? Oh, my God, NBA. Y'all better watch the fuck out because this dude is Baby Shaq 2.0. Or you can say he's Baby LeBron 2.0. I don't give a fuck who you say he is. This motherfucker is a beast. And he put the NBA on notice last night. Now, granted, they were playing the Spurs. And... Um, the last time they took Zion out the game, if I'm correct, the Pelicans were up by one after being down by 15. And to make a long story short, the Spurs went on and won that game. But man, did Zion Williams put on a clinic last night, bro. That was one of the best rookie debuts I have seen possibly since LeBron back in 03 when he debuted against the Sacramento Kings. Zion, uh, a lot of people were saying, comparing him, even to myself, I was comparing him a little bit to, like, Sean Kemp. I was like, okay, this dude probably going to be, like, a dunker, like, just catching him off the backboard. Every now and then, he might shoot a nice 10 to 12-footer, but that'll probably be it. <clears throat> I think uh, I think he's end up going to be a better shooter than, like, People like uh, Ben Simmons, to be honest with you. Ben still hasn't found a jump shot yet. Uh, I don't know how much longer it's going to take him, but the Sixers are suffering because of that. But yeah, Zion Williams, Iron Zion is what I call him. I should go ahead on and uh, get that nickname copyrighted because I got a funny feeling before this season is over, some fuck on NBA countdown or something is going to start calling him that. 
But anyways, yeah, he had one. Of, he had a damn good NBA debut last night, and uh, everybody, a lot of the reporters and anchors are saying that the Pelicans are going to get the AC this year. I'm not too quick to jump on that bandwagon. I got to see a little bit more first. I got I got to see a whole lot more first from uh, Zion. I I do want to say that uh, Brandon Ingram. Drew Holiday, those guys have been holding the fort down while this guy was rehabbing and getting his body right to make his debut. It would have been nice last night if they could have won. But hey, Zion, Ion Zion is now playing in the NBA. Folks, we got a big fight this weekend in boxing. That's right, January the 25th on a Saturday. Got my boy Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder, heavyweight champ WBC. This motherfucker is 42 and 0 with one draw. That's right, and has 41 knockouts. And he's gonna be fighting Tyson Fury for a second time in his career. Now, with UFC being as popular as it is, boxing has took more than a back seat. I think that boxing they just put motherfucker in the trunk now. People rarely even speak about boxing. But if it could get back to being number one or at least right there with UFC, I do think boxers like Deontay Wilder, as far as the heavyweight on the men's side, and then you got my girl Clarissa T-Rex Shields on the female side. And I was sitting yesterday and I was thinking to myself, actually I was talking to my son and I was like, wouldn't it be nice... If Floyd Money Mayweather was to start promoting Deontay Wilder and Clarissa T-Rex Shields, my God, man, with those three on the same fucking team, man, the money team, man, these three fucks would shut down boxing, would shut it down and just take over in a manner that you have never seen before. I'm not understanding why Floyd ain't looking at it the way that I'm looking at it. But, you know, I, I, I would like to see that, man. I would really like to see that. We got two boxers that is dominating their sport. And to me, they're not really getting the recognition that they deserve. Now, I don't know if anybody ever seen Deontay Wilder fight. But Big Country, that's why I call that motherfucker Big Country. From down there in Alabama You know them motherfuckers They eat good down there Dude His fist The power that he brings Just looks like he Ah He, he just hits with stone And the thing about this guy Is that he 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 is very very uh, Precise with his punches man You know what I mean I mean they be so clean When he hits you and, 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 like, it just seems like a motherfucker's bodily fluids is just about to fall out of him, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, I grew up and I seen Tyson. You know, Mike Tyson was one of them fighters when the fight started. If you got your ass up to go to the bathroom, if you sneeze, if you even tilt your head back to drink your liquid, the fucking fight was over by the time you finished doing one of those three. And that guy, he could punch. He looked like he had cinder blocks his hands. Deontay Wilder, this guy got the height, he's got the attitude, he's got the charisma, he's got the pizzazz, and I truly think on the 25th, he gonna bust Tyson Fury's ass. Once again, I got this fight going, mm, 
I got it going five rounds before Deontay Wilder knocks his ass out completely. That's right, folks. You've heard it here first. And also in a couple weeks, everybody know we got this Super Bowl. We got the Chiefs versus the 49ers. And uh, <clears throat> at first I was like, man, I don't really think this Super Bowl is going to really be that fucking hot because you don't have... You know, household names that's been in there, your Tom Brady's for like the past 20 years or whatever, as well as other big-time quarterbacks' names. But make no mistake about it, Patrick Mahomes is that dude. And I got the Chiefs beating the 49ers 31-24. But what I'm really, really interested in is seeing if there's going to be a Tyreek Hill versus Richard Sherman matchup. As y'all know, earlier this week, Richard Sherman and 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 uh, Darrell Revis has been bumping their gums back and forth about who's the best fucking cornerback. Well, Darrell, I feel like you've had your time, you've had your day, you got your Super Bowl ring with the Patriots. Shut the fuck up and let the guys play that are actually playing. It was a little dispute about uh, not moving around following the number one receiver and all of that kind of shit and just like some of the guys who have played the game were saying you can only do what your coach asks you to do the same thing was said about josh norman oh he don't move around he don't follow the number one uh, uh wide receiver on the opposing team and i'm saying to myself dude he doesn't make the fucking game plan the coaches make the game plan so when you see a lockdown corner not being on a number one wide receiver i can assure you that is not the lockdown corner's decision that is solely up to the head coach and the offensive coordinators the guys who call the plays and design the plays another matchup i'm interested in seeing why both of them play offense is the tight ends, the Travis Kelsey versus the George Kittles. Both of these motherfuckers are two big white boys that would knock your ass over trying to get to that end zone, especially George Kittle. I've seen this guy, I mean, one of the stiff arms. He had one of the greatest plays of this NFL season. Uh, however, I do think it's going to be a little bit troubling for Jimmy G to get the ball to Kittles in key situations. I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a hell of a game because it's going to be so much focus on uh, Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins because those boys can fly, especially Tyreek Hill. And it's going to be a lot of double teaming on him because me personally, I don't think Richard Sherman can handle this guy one-on-one. -on -one. I think Richard Sherman's best days, honestly, were with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Even though he's had a damn good season for the 49ers, that's just my opinion. I mean, Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest cats I've seen in some time. And uh, I think he's going to blow right past certain coverages if the 49ers aren't careful. And I also want to see just how great Jimmy Garoppolo is because if you guys remember... Uh, Bill Belichick was not trying to let that guy go, man. I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was damn near one of the highest paid backups in the league, you know. And I'm, I'm quite sure, you know, Bill Belichick is probably saying up under his breath right now to Robert Kraft, you see, you stupid motherfucker, I told you, keep Jimmy and get rid of Tom. Hey, 
it is what it is. But I will say this though, as far as the whole who's who's better or who made each each other better, Belichick or Brady. I favor Belichick a hell of a lot more than I do Brady because y'all must remember when Brady had that ACL injury some years ago, uh, it was Matt Castle who they put in as quarterback, and the Patriots went 11-5. Now, they didn't make the playoffs that year, which was amazing. That was the first time I ever seen a team that had won 11 games not make the playoffs. But they did go 11 and 5 and when Tom Brady had to sit out the first four games due to the deflate gate they went 3 and 1 with Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo his Jimmy Garoppolo's career record as a starter for the San Francisco 49ers if i am correct is 21 and 5 and let that sink in for a second 21 and 5 a lot of the sports world is shitting on Jimmy G. They they still saying that he's got more to prove. They need to see more. They need to see more. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, okay, he just left a historic franchise. And now he's the starter of a struggling franchise that has been to the Super Bowl but lost. But outside of that, hasn't really, really had a lot of recent success. Since the glory days of the 49ers. I truly believe that Jimmy G is going to put the 49ers back up on the map. They're going to be around for a long time. Um, it's going to be hard, as you know, once a team win a Super Bowl, whether they win or lose it, you know, free agency come after all different types of players. So it's going to be very interesting to see just how long San Francisco can keep this team intact and compete for championships and perhaps, you know, win some. But uh, I think it's going to be a really good Super Bowl. It's the Chiefs' first Super Bowl in 50 years. Uh, Pat Mahomes is, he's that guy. I mean, this motherfucker can throw a football in any type of weather, any type of direction, bad leg, good leg, left hand, right hand, Close his eyes behind his back, dribble the motherfucker through his legs. I mean, he can do all types of shit with a football. And for those who don't know, his father was a damn good baseball player. His father was a pitcher. I do remember his father pitching for uh, the New York Mets, if I'm correct. I'm quite sure he had pitched for us quite a few teams, but I do recall seeing him in a Mets uniform. So. It's going to be a real good game. And uh, like I said, I got the Kansas City Chiefs, 31. The San Francisco 49ers, 24. Now, for another mega story of today, I don't recall hearing this story on uh, none of the major media outlet shows. You know, the first takes, the undisputed, the uh, first things first, etc., etc., Aaron Bleepin' Rodgers, the Green Bay quarterback. That's right, folks. Aaron Rodgers gives a big fuck you to Christianity. That's right. Get this. He was on his girlfriend's podcast show. And for those who don't know, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been dating Danica Patrick now for, what, a little bit over a year, if I'm correct. And uh, I, this is what he said, and I quote, he said, I don't know how you can believe in a God who wants to condemn most of it, most of the planet to a fiery hell. Once again, he said, and I quote, 
I don't know how you can believe in a God who wants to condemn most of the planet to a fiery hell. Now, for anybody that knows me, listen, I'm not a religious guy. I, I have faith. I have my faith. Uh, I sit and talk with all different types of religious leaders, religious people, from Buddhism to Islam, Christianity, baptism, whatever. And I truly believe that everybody is entitled to believe what they want to believe. Uh, Aaron said uh, that he was made to go to church as a kid. You know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes when you're made to do that, it probably takes the fun out of it. I remember as a kid growing up, we used to live across the street from a church. And uh, every Sunday when church would let out, you would see those kids bust, burst through the doors. And they'd be running and screaming and jumping and playing. It was almost like it was always the last day of school on Sunday, the way they bust up out the doors and shit. And uh, they used to, I used to always wonder, I used to be like, man, why do they have so much energy? And they, it's because they, it's all the energy is pent up because they have to be still. And y'all know when you go to a black church, that's an all-day thing. It's going to be three to five services in that church and about three to five collection plates being passed around at all times. But aside from that, um, yeah. I, I believe that you should believe in whatever it is that you want to believe in. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that Aaron hasn't gotten a lot of backlash to my knowledge. I read a little bit. I read a few comments. You know, certain people, how could you? You're going to hell and all of that kind of crazy stuff. I don't understand, you know, if a person, whether or not a person believes in God, that's totally up to them. And I feel like if they are atheists or anything close to it, then that's their right. What people misconstrue is that they think being an atheist means that you don't believe in God, but you believe in the devil. That's not the case. A, a true atheist believes in neither one of them. And, you know, so I'm quite sure if he hasn't gotten any backlash, I'm quite sure it's going to be coming. It still doesn't uh, take away the fact that Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever lace up the cliques and play the game. Uh, he can put the ball in places most quarterbacks can't, you know. Uh, he's been catching flack, you know, honestly for what I think is just total bullshit. Uh, kind of like all year, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it basically started off with after, you know, Mike McCarthy was let let go from the Green Bay Packers uh, last year. And uh, everybody wanted to say, hey, Aaron Rodgers ran him out of town. Aaron Rodgers ran him out of town, you know. Um, he caught flack because he was at a game and a, a guy, a fan or whatever that was sitting behind him and Danica uh, bought Danica a beer and Aaron didn't say anything and he you know he got a little backlash about that um he's not your prototype prototypical quarterback like you know the the guy is a a, a cool laid back California kid you know what I'm saying you can look at him and tell that a lot of shit just don't bother him um they they put the microscope on this guy, I feel like, entirely too much. 
you know what I mean? You know, he had to suffer three years of sitting on the bench behind Brett Favre diva, diva ass. You know, for the, for the first three years of his career, he didn't know if Brett was going to retire or stay. And it took the Green Bay community, after Brett Favre left on the terms that he did, it took the Green Bay community uh, a, little, a, a little time to warm up to Aaron Rodgers. But after he took him to the Super Bowl and won it, I think Brett Favre was a thing in the past then. And Brett didn't even really like him like that either. You know, it, he does he have that smug look like he rubbed people the wrong way? Yeah. But those type, those kind of guys that have that kind of persona, that kind of bravado, uh, that kind of chip on their shoulder, you know what I mean? Especially when they're an athlete. Those are the best kind of athletes to me. The ones that say exactly what the fuck they mean instead of being all PR bullshit. You know what I mean? Even in the fucking uh, State Farm commercials, man, he, he, he seems dull and dry and nose, but... He's their leading guy, you know what I mean? One thing about Aaron Rodgers, he will get the job done. Now, he didn't get the job done last weekend because he got his ass kicked by them boys in San Francisco. But uh, a lot of people, sports anchors, analysis and things of that nature, they're saying, especially Skip Bayless from Undisputed, oh, Aaron Rodgers is washed up. He's on the downside of his career. And I'm like, Motherfucker, Tom Brady is 42, will be turning 43 years old this this August. This motherfucker hasn't thrown for 300 yards in God knows how long. He hasn't thrown a fucking touchdown in about three playoff games, maybe four, and that's the, that's the Super Bowl included. Tom is a shell of himself. Tom is not the Tom that he was 10 years ago. But I can... 100% say neither is Aaron Rodgers is the Aaron Rodgers from 10 years ago. But he hasn't fallen off a fucking cliff, ladies and gentlemen. I can assure you that. Aaron Rodgers is still, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, Aaron Rodgers is still a bad man. And uh, I'm going to kind of stay a little bit closer to this story as the days go by. And I will be giving you guys updates about that. Well, that's my time here, and uh, you can catch me tomorrow at the same time at 5 p.m. I want to thank those who listened to my first podcast yesterday and uh, showed me love and support. I just want to say thank you once again, and uh, you guys have a, continue to have a good and blessed day, and I'll get back with you tomorrow at the same time. This your boy, B to the L-A-double-K-A, Blacker, and I'm out.